Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by the deputy editor, editor of Arrowhead Pride, John Dixon. We're obviously going to break down Patriots Chiefs. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Bags, we're back, and uh, it's week four, and that means Chiefs week. And uh, and look, there are no more victories in the NFL. Obviously, we know that from the Seattle game. But at the same time, if you can go into into Arrowhead and play well in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, kind of gives you a good feeling about what this team could do the rest of the way through. Yeah, and I know we're only three weeks in, right? You played Miami and and Vegas, the Raiders, obviously, who are. You know, I know, you know, I keep saying Oakland. The Raiders were, were 2-0 coming yeah. in, but, you know, you didn't really see them as a threat just because of their quarterback and the questions they had on defense. It seems like when the Patriots play, I know it's been three weeks and they've only played one, um, you know, superior opponent. feels like when they play these top, these bigger teams, you know, these are, uh, they step their game up, they bring in their A game, and, and they can really compete with them. I mean, we saw in Seattle. Seattle's secondary is is like statistically, I was listening to Michael Lombardi this week, the GM shuffle. If you're not listening to that, free free ad for him, but uh, great podcast, uh, great insight inside the league. They have statistically through three games, one of the worst secondaries in NFL history. Like they are, they are horrible. So, I mean, granted it was a good, good night for Canberra throw. Right. But um Still, they hung around that game. They made some big stops. They came back down the stretch. They were trailing late. If they can go into Arrowhead and bring that same type of mentality and and, and bring their A game, um, you know, they'll have a chance. I, I do think they cover that spread. I think it's a good matchup for the Patriots offense. I don't think they'll struggle as much moving the ball. Cam Newton certainly brings the swagger in his A game when they play those tougher teams. And, you know, they hear the chatter all week. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll get into it a little bit here. And then, obviously, with John. It just comes down to who who can get the most stops. And when you're playing the Chiefs, as much as you want to control the clock and and keep him on the sidelines, him as in Patrick Mahomes, 
you can they can carry the ball for have the ball for 23 24 minutes and still put up a 30 35 burger in your face just because that's just how dynamic they are you know so um if and and if they can kind of play it kind of like the afc championship game where they're they make things difficult for him they get in his face early in the game don't let him come out and and, and get going so early make him kind of earn it and, and and ease his way into it and you can kind of hang around a little bit you might get some plays your way and, and, and be able to pull it out yeah no and that's Honestly, that's the way you kind of have to approach it, right, is is do the best you can against them. But the big thing with for the Patriots, and Belichick said it this weekend, we talk about it with John, too, like the Patriots have to score. They have to score. They, it's not enough to hold on to the ball. You have to score. And so they're going to have to put some serious points on the board. Like you said, you're not beating the Chiefs 24-21. It's not going to happen. Now, I know they they had they struggled a little bit against the Chargers. I, I get that. But in their home stadium against the Patriots, you know, against Cam Newton. Now, Herbert, I mean, literally, and I wonder, too, if some of that was Herbert coming in when they didn't know he was going to be there in Tyra. Was it, who knows? But, like, I'm just curious, like, what's going to happen? Like, the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs aren't look, overlooking the Patriots. Like, they know the Patriots are going to come in and give them a game, right? And so they're going to come ready to play. It's 425. It's a national game. Like, they're going to get up for it. And then you look at, like, who's watching the game. I mean, it's like 90% of the, of the country is getting, is getting the Chiefs, is getting Chiefs Patriots. So it's like, you know, this is the big game of the of the uh, of the of the week, and I think that both teams are going to come correct, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the Patriots have a chance, but again, like you said, they're going to have to do a lot of things right to do it. So, um, you know, we'll just we'll see. But again, some excitement level getting up for this game, and you know, can they play well? That's my biggest thing. Um, and if they do, yeah, then we feel good about it. And from a matchup perspective, it's interesting too because there's so many new faces on offense and defense, but particularly defense, right? Like I'm interested to see, you know, how they cover Tyreek Hill, right? They always had, they had a safety yep. help all the time with him. I don't blame them. They're double teaming him. Who's going to take on Travis Kelsey? Was it Kyle Duggar? Is it Jawan Williams? Who they kind of split reps. The good thing for the Patriots and their defense, they face some good tight ends so far, right? You have Mike Kosicki week one, Jawan Williams did a fantastic job. Um, and then obviously week two, Greg Olson's not, not what he used to be, but last week he faced Darren Waller. Granted, he was, you know, hurt all week and everything, but they held him to what one catch for, for like 12 yards. I think he had like, you know, I think he had two for 13 or something. Yeah. Something like crazy. Yeah. He didn't have a target until I think for third, halfway through the third quarter. So, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, Travis Kelsey is basically, in my opinion, a, a glorified receiver, but certainly the best in the league. And, um, it's right. so dynamic and brings such a unique skill set to that offense. So I'm interested to see stuff like that. I think it's a big game for these rookies to step up and those second year guys, right? Winovich has been unbelievable this year. Yep. Can he get to Mahomes? Can he, can he bring pressure? Kyle Dogger, is he able to, to take a bigger role, play a little bit in the box, take on Kelsey and shut him down. Um, and then you look at the front seven, right? Like, can they get, I, it's so hard. I mean, he, he's so mobile and he I makes know. things, he's like I, Russell Wilson, thing. man. He can, Yep. So as much pressure as you can get him, he's still going to be able to make plays. Well, the biggest, I think the biggest question defensively for me is McCole Hardman, because you've had some success in the past. And look, I mean, let's get real. Like it's not, it's not like shutdown level success, but you've had some success in the past. You know what they're probably going to do. They're probably going to bracket coverage Tyreek. You put, you know, Jonathan Jones, who has struggled. I'll be honest, has struggled, but you put bracket coverage on jo- with Jonathan Jones, Jones and McCordy, let's say over the top. Of, of Hill. Okay, great. There's those two guys. And and not to get Gilmore. Gilmore's been on Watkins, right? Like 
pretty much every time 100%. they faced him. Yeah. Gilmore's going to shut down. Walkins takes gonna him out of the game. Too. Take him out of the yep. game. So yep. Watkins is done. So, and that's, and that's what you do because Watkins is, is that like, is that third option where it's like, okay, we worry so much about Tyreek. We worry about Travis Kelsey. And then we can always, we can always hit Watkins. And it's like, no, Watkins is done. He's going to have no, no target. So see you later. Sammy Watkins is out. And then you have Kelsey who, you know, you know that they're, that they're look, who knows if Duggar can do it. They're going to have Duggar. They're going to have Juwan Williams. We're going to see if we can take him out. But then the question becomes, well, now what do you do with Hardman? Who goes on Hardman? Is it JC Jackson that goes on Hardman? Are you going to see JC Jackson on Travis Kelsey? That might be an interesting matchup because Jackson. That, that's what I was. Gonna, I know I said Duggar, but I think realistically Jackson's probably the guy. And I think he, right, he did it last year, maybe a little bit in the AFC Championship game. And I have to go look, but he did. He's matched up with him a good amount. Yeah, and similar to Talib, you know, on Jimmy Graham back in the day when they played the Chief, uh, the, the Saints here. I'm sorry, you know, shut him down with zero catches. I just, I wonder, you know, big physical corner like that taking on a guy like Kelsey, maybe, maybe not. You know, we'll see. But, but then the question becomes. Well, now who covers Hardman, right? And and you saw Sunday or the Monday night, I'm sorry, when you know they blitzed the hell out of him and and he just smoked this guy in a double on a double move for an easy touchdown. So it's like with the speed that that guy has, who the heck is going to cover him? And you know if you if you leave him open, they're going to burn you. So that's that's the interesting matchup for me is. I'm comfortable Watkins getting nothing. I'm comfortable, reasonably comfortable with Tyreek being double covered there. And although I don't love it, I think they can they can do it so that Kelsey's not going to kill them. You know, they've done that in the past. Then the question becomes, you know, who the heck takes away Hardman? And, you know, how does the front seven do against the running game? So that's the big thing to me is that can you limit that offense? Because if you make it difficult for Mahomes, he can still put up 30. If you make it easy for him, he's going to put up fifty. Like so, you you have to slow them down. So and the other element it's going to be too is and obviously we'll get to that interview in a sec. But we talked about it and I mentioned it in the past. They had a running game to an extent, right? Like Damian Williams was great. I think he's certainly underrated and one of the best. But I think he's kind of a product of that offense, right? Like he kind of brings that skill set. Yeah. Now they have Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who is stepping yeah. right in. Has had big weeks. Um, and well, remember they had Kareem Hunt too. You know what I mean? Yes. So they've oh, they've right. had some. I always, forget, had some I always forget about that because of obviously what yeah. happened. Um, and right. and and look what he did there, right? Like I mean, yeah. it just makes that argument. And I think Alaire's just on that level, right? Like he right. steps right in and can can contribute in the passing game. Can certainly break off, bounce outside. I mean, you watched him play at LSU last year. You're like, wow, this kid's. He went from a he's a good you know, third, fourth rounder to a to a first, and eight. You know, yeah. that's a guy in that offense. That's he's. If he stays healthy, he's gonna he could break some records. Well, that's it. You know, that's it. And so we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be really interesting. And again, I think the big matchup, and we talk about it with John, we get more into in depth, but the interesting matchup is gonna be the Chiefs defense against the Patriots offense because as Belichick said, you gotta score. And, you know, can they score? And I think that I think that that's gonna be what this game comes down to if it's gonna be close or a blowout. Patriots can't put up points, they're gonna get blown out, you know. But if they can keep pace and they can put up some points. I think it's going to be close. Do I think they can win? I think they can. It's possible. I just think it's going to be difficult. But if you can put up points with the offense, or the offense can start doing some things uh, and moving the football, whether it's running or passing, I think that I think the Patriots have a chance. Now, again, who knows what that means? I picked the I picked the Chiefs to win this week, but I picked the Patriots to cover the spread. If that means anything to you, which it probably doesn't. It shouldn't because I I I'm like fifty five percent. So like it shouldn't. It shouldn't mean too much to you, but that's 
that's what I picked this week. But anyways, either way. So it's going to be interesting. John Dixon's coming on. Um, the guy is just, he's a historian. He knows everything. He knows so much about the Chiefs present and past. It's a fantastic interview. Really fascinating. Gives you some in-depth uh, look at, you know, the Chiefs offensively and defensively and how they're going to match up against the Patriots. So it's a great interview. We'll be back next week with you as always breaking down, hopefully another Patriots win and then working towards another game against a team that's playing right now and is beating an AFC East team. The jets, the jets might be the worst team in NFL history. I mean, maybe the worst team in NFL history. It's embarrassing. So, but either way, so uh, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be here with you next week talking about the Broncos. So anyways, here's the interview with John Dixon from our head pride and uh, we'll see you next week guys. All right. We are very happy to bring on uh, a guest that we had a few years back now. Um, he is the deputy editor at Arrowhead Pride, and they just kill it over there at Arrowhead Pride. They do a fantastic job, and this guy does an amazing job. John Dixon. John, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, listen, I hope that the outcome is the same as it was the last time you came on. Oh, goodness. Well, that wasn't good for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. I'm glad to do it. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, so, John, obviously, let's get into it. And, and like Pat said, you know, before we started uh, recording here, we feel now like you and the rest of the NFL has felt, I guess, for the last 20 years. That was a good point, Pat. Uh, obviously, credit to you, right? Going into a game, facing an absolute wagon like the Patriots were for 20 years and thinking all week, do we have a chance? How can we beat them? What do we need to do? Um, and that's kind of how it's felt. Um, obviously, you get the the amazing – I think he's the most talented quarterback, I think, to ever play the game, Patrick Mahomes. Um, he brings so much to the field, you know, so many question marks for defenses. Um, and like they've said all week, they're going to need all 11 guys on defense. And it'll be interesting, too, um, to see how Belichick, um, you know, draws things up. I think they've, they've done a pretty good job in the past. I think last year when we faced you guys at Gillette, Patrick wasn't, you know, I don't think he was 100% off the knee, so we didn't get the full Mahomes we got the first two times. But I guess let's start um, just just previewing the game, right? I mean, it's obviously a lot different this time. No more Tom Brady. It's Cam Newton in, in the Cam Newton show. We've, we're three weeks into it, but I'm excited. I'm excited. And, and I guess on the Chiefs, what has what has made them so sick? I mean, they motion. It's got to be illegal. They motion like eleven times pre-play. It's it's insane. <laughs> they just let this thing go. Um, call someone called John Harbaugh. Like, yeah, right. Like, I guess let's start there. What makes things so difficult for them? And and facing an elite defense like the Patriots, I guess we can kind of counter with how they can stop them. Well. Um... It all starts with Andy Reid. I mean, the guy has been around forever, just like your head coach, and he's a very creative guy. They have a whiteboard in his office, and they go in there and doodle ideas on it. And during the course of every game week, there's all kinds of stuff scribbled on that that whiteboard, and they eventually become plays. We hear stories about Andy Reid coming into the opening meetings of each year with a you know a four-inch stack of index cards of plays that he's thought of during the offseason. Um, you know, Hank Stram, the uh, coach of the Chiefs back in the 60s and early 70s, um, 
wasn't allowed to have a cloth napkin at a Kansas City restaurant because the owners finally figured out he would draw up plays on him on those napkins. So they would bring him a paper napkin even wasn't even if that wasn't the normal thing in that particular restaurant. And Andy Reid is much the same guy. He's always thinking of football plays. He's always bringing up things uh, like that Rose Bowl play from the Super Bowl last year and putting his own touch on it. So it starts there with that creativity and his willingness to try new things. But we also hear from the assistant coaches and the coordinators that Reed is also very good at allowing his players to be themselves, which engages them in the process and allows them to be a part of it. And, um, and I think that makes a difference in the chemistry of the team. He's a, love, he's a beloved coach by his players, always has been, and it's for those kinds of reasons is that he's very much, rather than being the stern disciplinarian, he's a guy who is more like a father figure to them and wants them to be themselves both on and off the field. And they respond to that and, and play their guts out for him. Um, it's been fascinating to watch, and it's been—he's been very successful in Kansas City, as you know. I mean, um, it's been a long time since we've had such a sustained level of success in Kansas City, and you know, winning the Super Bowl last year was just the, the cherry on top for the whole thing. And I and I and I I can definitely relate to what you're saying because that's exactly how we felt about going and playing the Patriots, even in these years that yeah. the Chiefs have been successful since Andy Reid arrived. Uh, you know, what do we have to do to get past these guys in their home stadium? You know, and it, it so I, I can really relate to what you're talking about. And it's very odd for me to be sitting on the other side of that conversation uh, where people are talking about a Chiefs team like that. I mean, it's it's uh, it's 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 very weird. Yeah. Well, and the Chiefs, I mean, I was reading, I think I saw today, Mahomes averages 31 and a half points against Belichick and is one and two, which is insane. You know, mm-hmm. and so the, I think that's, that's kind of the interesting, the interesting spot. And your rights bags, you know, it's so funny. Like the last 20 years, literally everyone's, that's what, that's people think about it. Like, how do you beat the Patriots? Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And now it's same thing. It's like, okay, if you're going to beat the Chiefs, like you have to play perfect and you have to do this, this, and this. Like, it's not well, just. The thing is- Okay, too. execute here, yeah. but like you have to also not make mistakes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And right. Like, and and kind of like what you know, not to cut you off, Pat, but we were talking about it this week. Like, it's one of those things. Like, you can control the game, you know, establish the right. run, and 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 you know, control and, and keep the Chiefs off the field. But even if you hold the ball for forty, you know, thirty-five, forty minutes the Chiefs can put up 30, 35 points in, in those 20 minutes, right? I mean, it's right. so it's so fascinating to see kind of their game plan and how they'll go about it. Yeah, you right. know, I, I found it interesting uh, listening to the Talking Heads talk before Chiefs games uh, since Patrick Mahomes has been leading the offense. And they'll talk about the strategies that other teams will use. Well, the, you know, what you got to do is you got to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. So you're going to have to control the clock and run the ball and all that kind of thing. Well, you know, there's a lot of games that the Chiefs win and win big when they've got the ball for 20 minutes of the game. Uh, it's it's just not – I think that's something that people don't seem to get. The It, it does help 
it helps a lot to have a strong running game if you have the lead in the third and fourth quarter. But I think what people forget is that, um, you know, the other team gets the ball at the end of every possession. (laughs) You don't actually reduce the number of possessions the other team has if you run the ball. You just take more time off the clock. And it doesn't really do you much good until you're at the end of the game and you have the lead. Certainly there are teams that have managed to keep up with the Chiefs during, uh, you know, some portion of the game through the first and second quarters by uh, playing a ground game and doing it successfully because the Chiefs have not been very good at defending against the run over the last couple of years. That's certainly a weak point of the defense. Um, But sooner or later, the Chiefs will whip off a couple of quick drives and all of a sudden that running game isn't doing you any good and you've still got to go back to, to trying to throw the ball. So it's, right. well, it's, that... it's, 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 it's helpful as long as you have the lead, but once you lose it, that ground game right. isn't going to do you a lot of good. Well, and that's exactly correct. And that's, and that's kind of where I, I want to talk really about the Patriots offense against, against the Chiefs defense because I think that's the interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Look, the Patriots defense is going to have their hands full, really have their hands full. I mean, I don't know how they're going to stop everyone. And so we can talk about that too, but I think – Offensively for the Patriots, it's interesting because Belichick was asked that question this week. They said, "You know, what do you, you know? Should, do you need to control the clock against the Chiefs?" And he said, "Look, if you want to play with the Chiefs, we get to score. Like, forget about controlling the clock. You need to score points. You know." And, right. and like I said, it's illustrated perfectly in that in that Mahomes stat where he averages thirty one and a half points against the Patriots and is still one and two because the Patriots put up points against the Chiefs. And if you're going to beat them. It's not just okay. Slow the game down, control the clock, and try to you know and try to win that way. It's, it doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. and so you have to score. But the interesting thing for me, we saw it last week with the Ravens, right? Obviously, the Ravens have a similar offense to the Patriots, a, a much more dynamic quarterback, I think, in Lamar. But I also think not as good of a passer as Cam is. Um, but I think you saw what the Chiefs might do this week. If I'm the Chiefs defensive coordinator, you know, I'm going to look at it and say, I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to put eight, nine guys in the box, and I'm going to say, okay, you're going to run it with Cam. You're not running it with Cam. I'm going to make you beat me throwing the ball. And I think, I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but I, if, if I were them, that's what I'd do, and I'd see if they can do it. And that's going to be the question is, can the Patriots beat the Chiefs throwing the ball when the running game is an intact? kind of like they did week two against Seattle. And, of course, they almost won that game. It came in, in short of winning that game. But, um, you know, that's that I think is going to be the big test is going to be the Patriots' offense against the Chiefs' defense because we all know the struggles. The Chiefs are going to put up points no matter what, you know, no matter what the Patriots do. So that, to me, is the interesting matchup to, to look for this week. Yeah, and, 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 and you make a good point. And the Chiefs have actually played uh, now uh, – let's see, three games, two out of the three games have been against mobile quarterbacks that we would put in that category. Uh, The season opener was against Deshaun Watson. Um, Mm -hmm. We thought we were going to see a fairly mobile quarterback in Tyrod Taylor against the Chargers in Week 2, but then, of course, he had that bizarre incident before the game, and we saw Justin Herbert instead. And then Lamar Jackson uh, here this past Monday night. So the Chiefs have already you know, had to prepare for uh, three running quarterbacks in the last three weeks, and here comes a fourth one. 
Uh, actually, right. today in the press conference, uh, Steve Spagnolo, uh, one of the reporters, brought that up, and he said, "Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I, he hadn't really thought about it <laughs> that, yeah. that, that they had been preparing for all these running quarterbacks during the first quarter of the season." So you're right. There are some similarities there, um, and I think the Chiefs did want to limit Lamar Jackson on the ground. Uh, I think they held him to 83 yards, I think, rushing, which is actually a pretty good number for a quarterback rush in any given ball game. Usually if your quarterback can put up those kinds of numbers as a rusher, uh, you should expect some success. But here's the key stat is that Lamar Jackson was held to under 100 yards passing in the game. And one of our writers after the game put it this way, um, you know, it doesn't matter if Lamar Jackson rushes for 83 yards, if he can't pass for more than 100 yards. And that is the, the essence of it, is that you're going to have to find some way to get your passing game going as well, because you're just going to have to go blow for blow uh, if things go as they normally would for the Chiefs. Now, of course, there's always the possibility that uh, you know you can you can dominate at the line of scrimmage and and be in Patrick Mahomes' Mahomes' face and limit his effectiveness, and then you might not have to do that. But it's turned out to be pretty difficult to pull that off against the Chiefs since Mahomes has been in town. Now, having said all this, I would just like to say that we still have a great deal of respect for the Patriots. Um, when we didn't know who the team's quarterback was going to be in the off season. I think a lot of Chiefs, pan, Chiefs fans uh, were willing to dismiss the Patriots as a team that would be a contender. But not only have they got a, a good quarterback in Cam Newton, they also still have Bill Belichick. And uh, the thing that strikes me about Belichick at this point, uh, you know, there's no longer any argument about uh, whether it's Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, or whether it's the combination of the two of them, this is just Bill Belichick now. And he's doing something that is akin to what I consider the greatest NFL coach in history, and that's Don Shula, where he is literally matching what he does with the players at his disposal. Now, that's probably been true for his entire career, but we've been blinded by the Brady-Belichick duo at the top of the thing. But now that Tom Brady is gone, we can see what's really going on here is that you've really got a fantastic head coach there. And he has done exactly what he should have done with Cam Newton, which is to build the offense around his particular skills. The very thing that Don Shula did so well during his Hall of Fame career so, you know, don't kid yourselves. We don't consider the Patriots to be a pushover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, this, is, other... this is a game that we're taking seriously, and I promise you the Chiefs are taking it seriously too. For sure. Oh, and, yeah. and I think the crazy thing about the home stat, Pat, is he's averaging, what, 31 points per game, and in every single yeah. game, Belichick has held Mahomes and the offense to in, – in, in, Every single one of those games, at least one quarter or one half. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I saw it's a half. Day. No, it's a half. It's a half. A half. They haven't scored a touchdown. Right. Which is and, and that's, yeah. yeah. And, and in and each of those games, Mahomes was fantastic in the second exactly. half. 
and, and, that's, and the other and thing that's been too, a, and that's been a pattern in a lot of the games that the Chiefs have played, where it takes a little right. while for Mahomes to get uncorked. But that's one of his great strengths is yeah, his ability and, and to adjust. The offense to right. to add to that is Clyde Edwards Lair. I mean, right? You had some really good, you know, some average backs, and I think Damian Williams gets, you know, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I honestly think he he should have been Super Bowl MVP. It's kind of the same thing with Brady and White back in 2016 versus the Falcons. Williams was great in that game. Um, but now you get Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who is a hybrid, can, can, you know, run between the tackles, can bounce one outside, can catch the ball. And he brings a new element to that offense, makes it even more explosive. I remember watching the draft, and I'm just like, does, does, does Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense really need another skill position, another <laughs> fast, another skill guy that can just do everything out of the backfield? I mean, they basically use Tyree Kill as a as a running back. Sometimes he lines up out there, they motion him out, they he catches swing passes. I mean, adding him to that offense and now playing him for the first time makes that offense a lot tougher to defend, especially with all the opt outs. The Patriots. I think weaknesses on defense is that linebacking core. They struggle with teams with speed. We saw it a little bit in week two with Lockett and Metcalf. You know, those crossers, those deep posts, they can't really run with them. And that's the, the, the Chiefs' bread and butter, right? I mean, that's brings a whole new element to their offense. This is a big test. This is a big test for the Patriots and their defense. And it'll be a big test for the Chiefs' defense as well. Um, for sure. And, and you know, we, we spend a lot of our time talking about the Chiefs' offense. The Chiefs' defense was much improved under Steve Spagnuolo last year. No question about that. Um, and, and the results bore that out, uh, especially in the latter part of the season and the postseason. The defense was lights out. And there are some weaknesses there, though. We don't have the greatest linebacking core we have players that Spagnola believes in as team leaders. He can't say enough about Anthony Hitchens. Uh, he did so today, as a matter of fact, in his press conferences. But fans don't consider Hitchens to be a fantastic athlete or a guy that can really, uh, you know, make plays in the middle of the of the middle of uh, the second level of the defense. But uh, Spagnola loves the guy because he feels that the team responds to him and, and he does a great job of making the adjustments Spagnola wants. And, of course, the, the Chiefs are thin at, quarterback, at uh, cornerback right now. They'll still be without Bashad Breland, uh, who is, the, is one of the starting cornerbacks. The other one, Charvarius Ward, uh, has a broken hand. He'll be playing with one hand wrapped up as a club. Uh, we've been getting very excited about this fourth-round rookie, Legereus Sneed, uh, who unexpectedly became a starter right from the beginning yeah. of the season. Uh, he has been fantastic, uh, much more so than we would have expected for a fourth-round rookie. But uh, he suffered a broken collarbone in the game on Monday night and went on injured reserve. So uh, we'll be without him for a while. And as long as Breland remains out, uh, they're a little thin on cornerback depth. Uh, fortunately for the Chiefs, at least, he's only got one more game on his suspension, and things will, things will get a little more under control after this game. But they've right. still got to get through this game. And uh, there may be some opportunities for uh, Newton to make some passes and get the passing game uncorked 
against that chief secondary, which still includes Tyron Matthew, uh, who is a very effective player wherever they line him up, which is just about yeah. everywhere. <laughs> well, and he is that kind of Swiss Army guy. He's been he's been a, a huge addition to them. I know he went over to Arizona first, and we're good in Arizona, but he's really taken uh, kind of that next step. I feel like when he's when he's gotten to Kansas City, and really has been a game changer for them, I feel like. And that's, you know, look, it, it's going to be fair, fairly interesting. I think between our two sites, I think two people picked the Patriots, of course, on Pat's pulpit. Uh, two people picked the <laughs> picked the Patriots. I was not one of them. Um, I just feel like it, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game, but I do think, now, by the way, I, I believe, I believe the stat is it's the third time since, since Super Bowl 36 of the Patriots have been seven point underdogs or more. At all since Super Bowl thirty six in two thousand one, it's the third time they've been more than seven mm-hmm. point or more underdogs, yeah, and they won one yeah, of those games. Yeah, that's close to that. That's yeah, I think that's right. I think we had it where it was the first time they'd been a seven point dog since two thousand three, which would fit in with what you were saying. But it's been a long time. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah, yeah, it's been and a and so we'll, and I I think uh, and I'm not sure that the Chiefs will will, will make that spread. Um, I, right. I think the, I think the Chiefs will win the game, but I'm not sure they'll win it by a touchdown. I mean, that's how much we respect the Patriots. Uh, we we don't yeah. see this game as a as a pushover at all, uh, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, you know, they, the Patriots came into the season with a lot of adversity, losing their longtime starter. Uh, right. You know, having so many players opt out uh, for COVID-19, uh, they had a lot of things stacked against them. But they've come out looking like a contender, and and we respect that they're going to be a tough team to beat. One question that I had was, and I, don't, I just honestly just don't know the answer to it. I know there are going to be some fans at Arrowhead, mm-hmm. and I know that some stadiums, of course, the stadiums that don't have fans, they pump, they you know, pipe noise in. Do the Chiefs still get to do that because they don't they don't have a ton of fans there, or is it just? The, no, the crowd noise from the crowd that's there because they have a crowd they don't get to pipe in extra noise? Well, this is a, a policy that's changed over the course of the season. To begin with, the NFL was requiring it in every stadium, and whether it had fans or not. And there were prescribed uh, levels that the, the sound had to be at, and you couldn't mess with the volume. You had to have it be a consistent level at all times. And they actually had somebody on the field for every game to monitor that. And after, I guess it was, was it this week or last? I've forgotten now. Um, But here in the last week or two, the NFL has said that stadiums that have fans over, I believe it's 2,500 in the stadium, uh, don't have to do it anymore. But the but below 2,500, they still have to have the piped-in noise. Um, I think it's been surprising to the league how much noise 10 or 12,000 fans can make, and there'll be yeah. and that they remarked on that in the season opener in Kansas City. Especially, yeah, especially KC. <laughs> yeah, that uh, it didn't really sound that much quieter than a a, a full stadium at Arrowhead. So, uh, right. you know, having over a couple of thousand fans in the stadium is going to make a difference. And um, so, yes, that they, I, I don't believe 
the Chiefs will be using piped-in crowd noise anymore. They're not required to any longer, and, and there may actually be a prohibition to it. I've forgotten exactly. I didn't happen to write a story about it, so I didn't research it very carefully. Um, but I don't believe they will be using piped-in crowd noise on Sunday. They'll just be re- relying on the fans and that are there, and that should be the case at all the stadiums that are allowing fans, which I believe is up to 11 or 12 teams across the league, most of them yeah. in the AFC now. Right. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting. be interesting to see. So, Well, anyways, I think that's I think it's all we got for you, John. It's going to be, listen, it's going to be a really good game. And like you said, you know, I think the Chiefs aren't going into this game as, you know, we're going to blow them out. I don't think Chiefs fans are doing that either. I think the Patriots... I think Patriots fans have been pretty realistic here, you know, where they understand. And I, I feel like it's sim- similar to when we played, in my opinion, you know, the other great quarterback in the NFL, which is Russell Wilson, you know, week two, again on the road where it was, you know, look, I don't know if we're going to win, but, you know, you can gain a lot from this game just from playing well and staying with them and giving them a game. And I think that that's the biggest thing for me is that, look, if the Patriots go in there and lose, they go in there and lose. Like, uh, you know, whatever. But if they go in there and play the way they played against Seattle on that Sunday night game, now I'm going to say, okay, like, they really are for real. You know, they in the second half against against the Raiders, they pummeled them, right? And so then the question is, how good are they really, right? And you go into Arrowhead and you play the Chiefs and you come out, even if you come out with a loss, but if you cover that spread, if you're within seven points, like, you know, again, we say there's no moral victors in the NFL, but at the same time, like you're feeling pretty good about your chances moving forward in the NFL, sure. you know, moving forward this in, in the AFC, if you can, if you can hang with the chiefs, you know? Right. And, and I congratulate you because you've made the full transition to what it was like for all the Patriots opponents over the last <laughs> 20 years, because that's exactly the kind of thing that we used to say too. Right. That's it. You know, that's it. So here, I here we are. You. I congratulate you for making that transition. But you also have to remember that you also have a great head coach and a great organization, and that's been evidenced by your success over a long period of time, not all of which has been due to to Tom Brady. So, um, you know, I I wish you success, and uh, I wish for a great game with few injuries and a Chiefs victory, of course, but that's my job. So, (laughs) All right. Thank you, John. All right. It's been a pleasure to talk with you guys. Hey, you too, man. John, before you leave, just give yourself a shout out where you know where people can re, you know obviously oh, sure, Pride, but yeah. anywhere else where they can interact with you or, or see yeah you. yeah uh, my Twitter handle is at arrowheadphones um, and uh, and you can of course reach me through the masthead at arrowheadpride.com where I am the deputy editor perfect all right thanks so much John we appreciate it and uh, yeah like you said good game hopefully it'll be a good game on uh, on Sunday and. And uh, two good organizations going up against each other, I think. So we'll see what happens, you know? Thank you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.